0: We sure.
1: Good morning. morning. It's a chilly summer morning here. Um, Good weather for sitting, though. This is day four of our Sahin, closing our practice period. And I wanted to try to weave together. Uh, some thoughts from yesterday and some uh, Things that just came to mind in the course of last night and this morning and also uh, to speak about Some of the challenges that uh, We're having in this particular session uh, But I thought I would start with uh perhaps an inspirational reading. So, uh, Sue's dharma name is Jumio
0: Pure Faith.
1: Jumyo Seishin, Bright Pearl... Right, Jumyo Seishin, I'm sorry, Jumyo Seishin. Bright Pearl Pure Faith. Yeah. Uh, actually, Ju is Pearl and Mio is Bright. Pearl Bright. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what struck my... Mind as I was looking around for something else. So there's a uh, fascicle of Dogen's called One Bright Pearl, uh-huh. Ika no Myoju. Yeah. There it's Myoju instead of Ju Myo. And uh, well, I think Soja knew. No, when no gave, I,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Who
2: knew? Like I didn't
1: know that. Right, That's right. right but but he probably knew when he gave you name. Um, So I wanted to read you just a a small excerpt from that, Uh, because it it challenges us and it speaks to some of the conundrum uh, we experience in our lives. Uh, Once a monk asked Master Gensha. Gensha was uh, a 9th century Zen master who was a a student of uh, Zhuifeng, who was also the teacher of Yunmen. So it's it's all connected. Uh, A monk asked Master Gensha, I've heard you teach that the entire universe is one bright pearl. How should we understand that? Gensha replied The entire universe is one bright pearl. What's there to interpret or understand? The following day, the master himself, Gensha, questioned the same monk The entire universe is one bright pearl. What's your understanding of that? The monk replied, The entire universe is one bright pearl. What is there to understand? Not such a good answer.
3: Uh,
1: never 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 echo back to your teacher what she says to you. Anyway, Master Gensha said, I see you are struggling to get inside the demon's cave on Black Mountain. No action or thought has ever been caused by anything other than the bright pearl. Therefore, forward and backward steps in a demon's cave are just one bright pearl itself. I see you are struggling to get inside the demon's cave on Black Mountain. No action or thought has ever been caused by anything other than the bright pearl. Therefore, forward and backward steps in a demon's cave are just one bright pearl itself. So we always wanna know um we think things are good or bad okay not okay uh, what gensha is saying is that all of the circumstances of our life however we may see them are part of our one bright pearl in other words they're part of uh, what Dogen spoke of elsewhere as the total dynamic working. It's all just the unfolding of the universe. Um, So that's really encouraging. And it still doesn't answer our question, right? We still have this question. What do we do when we get angry or when somebody gets angry, when someone does something hurtful, when someone does something terrible? Um, Not how do we interpret it as, oh, it's one bright pearl, but on on a very deep level, how do we understand that as, the unfolding of the universe so I want to contrast that or uh, juxtapose not contrast I want to juxtapose that with uh, what I brought up yesterday uh, this in the chapter of uh, not always so respect for things and I spoke about uh, this expression in Japanese, menmitsu no kafu. Uh, this is something I, I think Sojin used to speak of it more frequently, uh, not so much lately. But as I said, I, I came across it in the in kind of marginal notes in his copy of uh, Not Always So. Uh, and that sort of put me on, on the trail of it. So to reiterate, because some of you, a lot of you weren't, weren't here yesterday, Manmitsu no Kafu uh, is an expression that was really, uh, it gained circulation in our circles uh, by way of Tatsugami Roshi, uh, who got her from Dogen uh, and Tatsugami Roshi was uh, the Japanese teacher who came over in 1970 uh, to, uh, at the invitation of Suzuki Roshi, to set up the monastic forms at Tasahara. And uh, he was a big, gruff guy, uh, uh, kind of looked like a wrestler. Uh, and uh, pretty fierce I think and he was Sojin Roshi's Shuso teacher when Sojin was Shuso so when and actually he did something interesting which we're not going to do for Sue. Uh, when Sojin was Shuso he had him sit facing the altar in the zendo in Tassahara, so he couldn't see who was asking the questions. So he wanted the questions, just. And then questions were coming from from every angle, and uh, that was that was how Sojin did his shusō ceremony. And uh, he thought that was quite wonderful and he never got us to do it that way. <laughs> it was it was fine for him, but he didn't think that was good. That was something that was so workable for us. You know, in, um, this is kind of going off on a sidetrack, in Japan, the shusō ceremony is scripted, that the questions are kind of formulaic, and, people ask these formulaic questions and the shuso gives formulaic answers and you would think that would be uh, kind of lifeless but the challenge is how do you bring those to life there's something else beyond the words there's something in the energy of the interaction that they're trying to bring forth in the Shuso ceremony. So we'll talk more about this tomorrow. To prepare for the Shuso ceremony. By the way, someone's not muted. If if you're not, please mute yourself. Uh, and also, I would say Gazinta. <laughs> uh, so this Menmitsu no Kafu uh, is generally we think of this as the Soto way or the family way of Soto Zen. And what it means, it's often translated a careful, considerate way of our family. Uh, Men means close or intimate or densely woven. Uh, Lori put me onto this uh, last night when we were talking. Mitsu has an ambiguous, uh, meaning uh, the, char- the same character uh, means uh, cotton fabric you know so sort of closely woven very even and it also means considerate it's the same character I sort of dug around Ka means family and Fu means wind or manner so the wind of our family the wind of our house is this careful considerate practice uh, it's the style of unstinting continuous attention to detail uh, an attention that's uh, soft and supple and relational And that's what characterizes our practice. So, uh, to juxtapose these two, this menmitsu no kafu, this careful considerate way, perhaps what we're being asked is how do we hold the bright pearl? I've always thought that our mudra, when I visualize it, uh, our mudra, uh, it's forming a a cup with our hands. And sometimes, very occasionally, (laughs) very occasionally I can, Feel the pearl that I'm holding in the palm of my hands, and just you pay attention. Perhaps you can feel that. So, in that chapter that we read yesterday, uh, what Suzuki Roshi says is, um, "This is what we call the Bodhisattva Way." Our practice is to help people and to, ha- and to help people find out how to practice our way in each moment. Uh, now, I think I'm reading something into this, but I break this, that sentence into its, into those two clauses, that our larger purpose is to help people. Uh, without any uh, definitions or any uh, any instructions as to how to help them, and the second clause is to help, to help people and to help people. I'm sorry, and help people. We find out how to practice our way on each moment. Sorry, I misread that. Uh, yes, so this is our preparation for how to help people. We have to be preparing ourselves. We have to come to. Uh, we have to recognize the bright pearl that we are. And sometimes it's hard because it's encrusted with all kinds of layers of emotions of uh, our personal history, uh, things we've endured, things we are enduring, uh, and yet the brawl is there to be discovered. and. If we're going to help people, we have to discover that in ourselves and it might be if we discover it in ourselves and we look at the people that we're in relationship to, one way of helping them is actually to share this practice with them and uh, it's not the only way But if we can do that, that's quite wonderful. So I was thinking, you know, it's very, it's very deep and quiet in here today as the fourth day. And uh, I really appreciate that. I appreciate everybody who's making that happen people who are responsible in various positions and all of you and those of you who are outside in Zoomland who are sitting with us. Um, and I was also thinking that we're in a territory where every seshin is different and it's, it's hard You know, because, well, when I came here, uh, it feels like we were still kind of fine-tuning our sashin process. Uh, And this is more than 35 years ago. And there were, you know, there were variations in the schedule, there were various things that we did. I, I was remembering last night what we used to do at the end of the day of seshine was we would really really slowly chant the heart sutra ava ki and it's like for me it's like all of the energy that i had gathered in the course of the day just like Fell through the floor. It was it was really painful for me. Anyway, maybe some people loved it, but uh, somewhere along the line, that got uh, that got eliminated from the schedule. Which, as far as I'm concerned, was a great relief. I love the Heart Sutra, but I don't love it at a funereal pace. Um. And there were other things, other fine-tunings of the schedule that we did. And then we kind of arrived at something. And really, that's what we did for like 25 years. And we knew how to serve the meals. We knew how to cook the food. We knew how how to arrange the work. We had everything kind of went like clockwork. And now it doesn't certain and and it's an interesting challenge that we face uh, because certain things we're trying to regularize and we're trying to uh, really lean into the elements of a schedule that we are familiar with and certain things of necessity have changed you know we have, right now, we still have these shorter days uh, because we haven't moved to have full oryoki, uh for three meals in the zendo. Uh, and so we ask people to have breakfast before they come and eat dinner on their own. And we're offered lunch. So we have shorter days. We have fewer spaces in the zendo uh, as some of you remember, there was it was kind of a bell curve of uh, attendance, session attendance, but there was a period uh, of a few years when we had like 56 people sitting in here. And we had like six servers inside the Zendo and a, uh, and a head server outside I mean, it was complicated and crowded and some people really thrived on that and some people just thought, this is really too crowded. But you know, it was kind of like a, a boom period and then, and then it tapered off uh, and now we're at a place where we're keeping to, for the moment we're still keeping to a maximum of 33 people in the Zendo which actually makes it hard to do all the jobs. And, you know, we've trimmed it somewhat, but it's hard. And we've been experimenting with with the meals. You know, so um, I apologize for changes in the... We were planning to do oreoki all five days, but because everything is slightly different, inevitably in the schedule, there are unforeseen circumstances when you change one thing or another. Uh, so, uh, we change the length of the work period, which makes it really hard to rehearse this very complicated Shusō ceremony. And so, I think I'm sharing this because uh, I want us to hold this idea of menmitsu no kafu in our uh, in our consideration as we meet these changes you know it's different there's also we have a lot of newer people sitting Sejin, which is great so the newer people have, have Beginner's mind, they, you don't have any particular idea of how this is supposed to work. But some of us who are habituated to uh, the ways of the past, uh, the change is hard. It's hard for me, it's hard for for others. And so the question is, how can we be kind and considerate each other in the face of these changes Um, so I want to say a couple things in particular because this so yesterday we made a change in the changing room uh, situation which I think was not fully thought out and I take some responsibility for that. And so I think today we're changing back. is that correct? So you know, for all these years, we always had everybody was changing in, in the community room. The priests changed in there. They needed space to hang their ropes and uh, and everybody who was coming to session who had who were putting on ropes or were changing their clothes from work to uh, to their sitting clothes um, We use that space So I'd like to see can we continue to use that space But with the spirit of being careful and considerate and moderate and modest You know in other words Be careful about how how you want dress You know maybe one thing we can do um, You know, we could put up a couple of screens. Uh, I think I've got another screen upstairs. Uh, But let's see if we can find a way to use that space together in a careful and considerate way. We've asked people in the morning uh, not to use the community room bathroom, but we recognize we've got 33 people and if we take that out, because particularly newer people don't even know where uh, the other bathrooms are, uh, that makes for a bottleneck. So it's fine to use the, the bathroom, the community room bathroom as a bathroom after, uh, after lunch that's open. Uh, but the reason that we not use it in the morning is out of consideration for the cooks and out of consideration and care about uh, COVID precautions, uh, as it's still here among us. And so please bear with that. And uh, I think uh, now uh, uh, Ross is now sitting with us today. Is that correct? Yes. That's you there, right? Yep. Uh, did anyone ask about using your bathroom? Uh no, I just assumed
3: that uh people would. I brought the key down this morning uh, at Dazen, so please uh available my apartment uh for changing if you want to change roads and such, the men, the men to touch the men's road lake and uh bathroom and the rest area. Thank
1: you. So Ross's apartment is on the ground floor in the back, right next to the Tokesan hut. And please feel free to use it. And I just want to say that's Ross's generosity. That's an expression of menmitsu no kafu. And of course you're, you're welcome to use, certainly welcome to use our bathroom, uh, which is, which is upstairs, uh, up the back stairs in the room, in the building diagonally across, Uh, but anyway, We're not confined to one bathroom. Uh, So we're trying to find a way to take care of ourselves in in the midst of changing circumstances and ones that are continuously changing. Suzuki Roshi says, This is what we call the bodhisattva way. Our practice is to help people. And to help people we find out how to practice our way on each moment. So I'm hesitant here because I, I don't want to start another talk, but I want to give you some guidelines that apply not just here, but apply uh, more broadly, and maybe in a in a upcoming talk, I will go into this in depth. But um, for me, I've always I've been drawn for many many years to uh, a fascicle of Dogen's called "Bodhisattasishobo," which is the bodhisattvas for embracing dharmas and actually I, I wrote a book just called the bodhisattvas embrace which has a translation in a uh, sort of the introductory essay in this book is is on the practice of these four embracing Dharma so just without going into a lot of detail uh, The four embracing dharmas are generosity or dhana, uh, kind speech, beneficial action, and what uh, what translates as identity action, which is kind of a bit obscure. Uh, But what it really means is cooperation is is acting together is being side by side in an activity but I wanted to read you um, something from my commentary uh, and this is on this is on Donna but it's also on beneficial action and it also so one thing Dogen says is that these four these four dharmas giving beneficial speech, uh, kind speech, beneficial action, and identity action, each one of them includes all the others. Uh, so there's a lovely book that was, uh, it's been very important to me over the years. I know that uh, my dharma sister, maylie Scott, was also really fond of this book. It's a book called The Gift by Lewis Hyde. People, Anyone familiar with that? Yeah. It's really, it's a spiritual, psychoanalytic, anthropological uh, meditation on giving, on gifts. So uh, Lewis Hyde writes, he just, desc- Lewis Hyde describes dinner in a cheap restaurant, a local restaurant in the south of France. The patrons sit at a communal table and each finds, before his plate, a modest bottle of wine. Before the meal begins, a person will pour his pour wine, not into his own glass, but into his neighbor's, and his neighbor will return the gesture filling the first person's empty glass. In an economic sense, nothing has happened. No one has any more wine than they did to begin with. But society has appeared where there was none before. This is very familiar if you, if you have some experience of Japanese culture. Uh, you know, one person always pours the tea or the sake for another and then they pass the pot or the bottle and that action is reciprocal Uh, and that is about the creation of relationship the careful and considerate knitting together of our activities to create uh, or maybe to to express the one bright pearl so when you think about how to help people uh, I I encourage you to go to read this classical. Uh you can find it in uh, it's in moon and a dewdrop you'll find uh, this translation uh, That I worked on with Shoaku Okamura, it's easy to find online. Uh, They're all the translations are all good, but it really these are instructions for how to live. What are what are our guiding principles? Uh, What values do we proceed in our relationship with? Generosity kind speech, beneficial action, and identity action or cooperation. This is how we bring forth the bright pearl and we do it carefully and considerately. And let's take care of ourselves uh, today, tomorrow, but it doesn't end with Sajin. Uh, we're constantly wondering at the pearl of our life and helping each other to bring it forth so I'm going to end there we have some time for questions discussion uh, and uh, Joey you gonna pass the microphone And you can raise your hands out there in Zoom land if you have uh, something to share. There's a bunch of hands.
4: Just a quick question. I was wondering if you could uh, post these titles for us. Sure. I'll
1: send them out on the community the, list. The
4: book and also the
5: classical.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, sitting in, <coughs> sitting these, these days in this compressed schedule, and it's compressed because we, we don't have many rest breaks we have like one rest break and you know the flip side of you know the struggle is i kind of see it as the whole session is kind of one zazen sitting where we're making small adjustments to the to the lunch to and to me, it hasn't really been disruptive. I thought, of, I think it's been beautiful how we've adapted over the four four days so far. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. I'm, I'm Thank you. grateful for that.
1: Thank you. Well, I appreciate everyone's effort. And I think one thing that is, uh, that I do really like about this schedule is that we have a longer block of sitting in the morning and a longer block of sitting in the afternoon. Of, periods of zazen. And and so that's conducive to kind of a a deep feeling. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thank you, like uh, that's our shared intention, our shared practice and stepping outside the gate, uh, there's even you know the term for it of non-cooperation with uh, what might be considered harm or harmful systems. Uh, and you have a long activist, background with that so since we um we've been exploring the nuances of language as if you will beyond language how how to include non-cooperation in that context as cooperation with all beings
1: Well, first of all, in order to practice non-cooperation uh, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's much better not to do it alone. So there has to be some cooperation in the non-cooperation. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of lone ranger, right? Uh, and I don't, I, I'm not much interested in that. Uh, What am I hearing? You know? The
4: Thai runs.
1: Oh. Oh, it's out there. Okay. It sounded like the room was breathing or something. Um, the, asthmatically. Um, we have to decide. We have to make decisions. That's, that's why, uh, that's why I juxtaposed. These things, Minmitsu no Kafu and One Bright Pearl, and you could juxtapose the four, four methods of, uh, the four methods of guidance. Um, these are not direct instructions. They're, they're just guidelines and suggestions, and you still have to decide. Even though there is nothing other than one bright pearl, uh, there are forward and backward steps in the demon's cave. And when you enter the demon's cave, you are placing yourself in a certain peril. Peril and pearl. The pearl is in peril. Uh, But it's not, because it's there all the time. Uh, it just, just occurred to me, that was a very sojin <laughs> expression. <laughs> Bravo. Um, so you're still, you still have to be responsible. You still have to decide what is going to help people. But we don't do that, we don't act on alone. alone. And also we don't, we need our friends, we need our, our, our friends, our elders and teachers. We need the voices of those who are younger than us to help us see what is in fact a beneficial direction. We don't decide that just for ourselves. But we, each of us, it's, I've been saying many times lately, um, each of us has to take complete responsibility for the whole world, but we don't do it alone. So. Hannah has her hand up, out here.
0: On. Um can you hear me Yeah. I- I'm so touched by your talk. Um, And I'm thinking um, the instruction I take is to see everyone as one bright pearl. It's so evocative, so much more than the instruction to see everybody as Buddha, you know, which is kind of good, but I like the one bright pearl. Um, I'm still carrying in my heart that man who fell and perhaps... Was very sick or had died, you know. To to see him as one bright pearl. Um, I had a, a serious tooth difficulty yesterday and was on the Bart, and saw somebody I seemed a little dangerous, possibly a little not controlled in his behavior toward others and found a place to sit that was wouldn't maybe provoke him that I was moving too far away or whatever. But what would that have been like if I felt that toward him? One bright pearl. Just questioning. I'll check it out of course in future trips, but um not that you put yourself in danger, but that you have an attitude, a feeling toward others in the world. Wondering what you think about that. Thank you.
1: Well, um, Master Gensha says, forward and backward steps in Devon's cave are just one bright pearl itself. So, um, you know, you could move forward and you could move backward. But all of that is just the manifestation, you could say of one bright pearl, or you could say of total dynamic working. Uh, and we also have to be careful. We have to find just the right distance and relationship to, uh, to the demon. You know, And maybe this person was a demon, maybe not. I have no idea. But if clearly he was a demon in your mind right for that in that moment and where there were demonist demonistic uh qualities that he was expressing and you kept you kept a safe distance but not a provocative distance so we're always trying to find this the right distance and we don't know, but to think of it all, not just this person, but the whole of reality as one bright pearl, that's, um, I think that's what's being taught here. Yeah. Thank you. How's your, how, are, how are you? How's your tooth? Um, tooth
0: is gone um there's a big space bye-bye
1: uh-huh
0: trying to figure out um how to do soft food
1: Uh uh-huh it's a drag I've had this happen blender
0: blender helps
1: yeah yeah good other hands here Joel
3: Hi, thank you. Beautiful. I have a certain, I'm struggling with this with the words.
1: Hold the bright, microphone a little closer in your
3: mouth. Yeah, I'm struggling with the words like, One Bright Pearl. I love it, and it's perfect for Sue. But it's very positive. And great dynamic working, for me, I'm more comfortable with because not everything that manifests is wholesome in that comes out of this universe of great dynamic working, and what Hadas said actually really helped. Uh, I mean, I was thinking like the what what bright pearl is pointing to is what in we had this little discussion on the listener of uh, and the expression assume good intentions, assume good intentions, arose. And I thought that was wonderful. And maybe that's that, the one bright pearl in some way. But I have that struggle.
1: Well, I think the challenging thing is, yes, you have that struggle. The challenging thing is that struggle is also one bright pearl. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's it's something that is he's pointing to something a way of looking that is beyond wholesome and unwholesome
3: right and it's the thing itself which is indeed one bright pearl but the thing itself manifests as well the great dynamic working of It's like the Big Bang, it is tremendously violent. And it's certainly the great dynamic working and one bright pearl. And so I struggle with it. Yeah, well, the struggle is
1: even if everything and everyone is one bright pearl, you, Joel, still have to figure out your relationship to it. Yeah. to each activity to each being to each moment yeah uh, that doesn't take away from its pearlness no. but uh but you it's all about how how we act in relation to what's happening around us and but what it is saying i think is can we find a quantum of respect and appreciation for whatever circumstance, whatever activity is manifest by ourselves or others. That's, that's hard. That's not going to be easy. <laughs> exactly what was thought going the Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Susan? So
4: Um, in Hannah's question and your response, what came up for me was, you know, our, I think of our practice as one in which we learn to respond from the inside out, or, you know, that's what changes or shifts is our response comes from that place inside. So like, even when there's danger or we need someone who may be off, um, You know, I had an uncle who was bipolar and when he was manic, people were terrified of him. But actually we knew him as a really loving, Mm -hmm. kind, gentle person. And so it seems like it's important. And anybody out there who's dangerous or off is somebody's family member. Mm -hmm. So it seems like it's important to keep that in mind. I think that's like, right, Like to yeah. take that space that we take in Zazen on the inside and see what the response may be. Yeah, I
1: think that's right. And then um, not to reduce a person to a set of behaviors that you have a, you know, a fixed idea about, but to actually see, it's hard sometimes to see, this is a whole person, and if I respond to this person in an, in an honest and kind way, maybe there's something else that can transpire between us. Um,
4: yeah, what- I mean, something you talked about in the classes is like just not adding something extra to what is there. It just seems like that's what we keep coming back to in our practice. Just this.
1: Right. So, I mean, what that amounts to, I think for me, one way of expressing it is just like, don't put a person in a box. Don't reduce a person to a diagnosis. You know, to actually uh particularly if it's someone that we care about uh and you know you were lucky you you knew your uncle you knew who he was in some essential way
4: um and and the same time Taking care of ourselves if we're in danger, if we're meeting danger on the street, not to be naive.
1: Right, right.
4: So kind of like holding.
1: But I think, yeah, it's to see can we see the fundamental humanness in in everyone? Even people who are doing terrible things. You know, it's um, I, I had a dream once uh, in this dream I was having a conversation with Ronald Reagan who was already kind of pretty deeply into his dementia and uh, in this dream I just felt a lot of Compassion. He it was, it was. We were sitting very close to each other, and it was just a living person, you know, not a uh, political ogre. At that moment, you know, which doesn't mean I would support his policies, but it was just oh, it's just a suffering person who was a, a full human life. I found a very encouraging. Dream. Thank you. Maybe there's time for one more, if there is. Uh, Karen got the last question.
5: Thank you, Pozan everyone. Um, the image that has been coming to me during this talk is one maybe most of us are familiar with is I heard it from Sojin, but it comes from somewhere that um, the difference between heaven and hell that in hell we're sitting at a banquet table full of wonderful foods, but our chopsticks are too long to get the food into our mouth. That's hell. And heaven is the same scenario, but we're feeding each other. So I like this very much, and I, my My question is about, um, but you've already sort of addressed it. I just wanted to get the image in the room is the the balance between identity action and self like independence, standing up and being responsible.
1: I'm not sure I understand what the distinction is or what the question is in that. Just that if we are,
5: um, Committed to cooperation and beneficial action, where's the responsibility, where's the independence, where's the standing on our
1: own feet? Hmm. Uh, In order to cooperate you have to be able to stand on your own feet. You know, you have to be able to walk over to someone and uh, walk with them or act with them side by side you have to be able to do that as an individual Uh, and then there's something that happens between you that is certainly greater than the sum of two individual actions Mm. there's something new and creative that is uh, a cooperation or a collaboration which is which is more than two individuals, it's as close as I can get. That's good, it's okay. helpful. Thank you all very much and uh, let's continue to sit for today and we we'll have more Sachin to do. And thank you out there, please take care.